Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, as I mentioned, interest in private health insurance, it has continued to grow even with the pandemic and the costs. So why is this happening and what could you do to keep it uh, under the level of affordability you need for you and your family? Well, Dermot Good from TotalHealthInsurance.ie is on the line. Good morning to you, Dermot. Good morning, Joe. So um, the, the rise in interest in it, is it pandemic linked or what? Um, do you know, Joe, the, the, the surveys basically tell us that the, the reason why most people are keeping or taking out or joining health insurance, it, it's because they're just afraid that they can't rely on the public system. I mean, that's the main thing. At 50% of people surveyed, it's because they, they want quick access to medical treatment and not just life-threatening stuff. I mean, the public system is very good at managing that. But it's the, it's the minor elective stuff. So if somebody needs to get a gastroscopy or needs to get an urgent MRI or, or wants to get a you know, some kind of an orthopedic surgery or whatever, you can waste significant amounts of time on the public system. And and that, as we know, that was the public system was already challenged before COVID ever happened. And obviously COVID has now exacerbated that. And, and look, the waiting lists are in the public domain and those figures, which are very, you know, very worrying and, and obviously increasing. And people, there's a huge level of awareness of that. And that just seems to be driving a lot of people to take out private health insurance, not because they think it's fantastic and they want a private room. Um, it's just they, they just don't want to be stuck in a waiting list. And, and that's really the main driver. So I suspect if the public system was transformed and, and if people had quick access uh, they mightn't be able to choose their doctor or choose their hospital, but if they if they were reasonably certain they'd get in quickly, you you would see a lot of people either reducing or potentially cancelling their health insurance, maybe particularly younger people. So that's the main right. driver. Now, there's other factors as well, but that is the main driver as to why people um, are taking a cover. So obviously the last few days when these two key figures in Slauncha Care resigned and this morning the papers are saying that the chair of one of Ireland's largest hospital groups has quit her role, Geraldine McCarthy, chair of the board of the South South West Hospital Group, suggests that we're not seeing the reform required, which probably drives more people into the arms of private health insurers. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't disagree with that, Joe. I mean, you see, like, people can see exactly what's happening on the ground. And, and despite what, whatever way figures are presented, you know, people know when you go into a public A&E, you could be there 24 hours, you could be told to go home. Um, people, everybody knows somebody who's on a waiting list for maybe two years for a hip replacement or something like that. And everybody hears about these cross-border schemes where people are going outside of Ireland because they've no health insurance and they're on waiting lists for a lengthy period of time. So, so that's all in the public domain. People know that young children could wait six, nine months for tonsillectomies, you know, on, on the public system. Um, despite, by the way, the best efforts of those working in the system, it's, it's, it's just, unfortunately, that the numbers, there just isn't the capacity there to, to meet the demand at the moment. We're chatting to Dermot Good, who's an expert in private health insurance. Um, has COVID affected the plans themselves at all, Dermot? Not really, no. I mean, the good thing about, sorry, it's, I should rephrase that. There's no no good thing about COVID. But what has happened with COVID is that the public system will treat everybody for free for COVID. So health insurance, your cover has doesn't come into it at all when it's anything relating to, to COVID. And what actually did happen during COVID was that there was a reduction in claims because we'll all recall that the private hospitals were temporarily taken over. 
um, that was, I suppose, undone back in July of of, um, of last year. And then what's happened is a lot of people have postponed treatment. So a lot of people now who you know would ordinarily be getting routine treatment, a lot of people put that off. They were afraid to go into hospital. So claims came down, and that's why some of the insurance, well, sorry, the tree insurance companies gave money back um, to members. And you know, I know I hate telling people about price increases, but at the moment, Joe. It is relatively stable in health insurance. I mean, the numbers are increasing, uh, uh, taking our cover. And by the way, thousands of people have come back to Ireland and they're all rejoining. They're taking our cover because they held cover abroad. So that's obviously boosting the figures. And certain companies, certain industry sectors are booming. And they tend to be, some of those are industry sectors that pay health insurance for staff. So the numbers are going up. I think, you know, worst case scenario for health insurance is probably an average of a 5% price increase. Now, Nobody wants an increase, but if I knew my car, my home, and my health insurance was only going to go up by 5% each year, and I had other options maybe to try and, and cut that back, and I can talk to you about that in a moment, you know, that's not a bad situation because medical costs are rising, and, and people want to be fully covered. So, And we are looking at rates at the moment probably going up by an average of 5%. And, and you remember the decreases that uh, were announced last year because of the restrictions caused in uh, the health service by COVID. They were just one-off. So in terms of the rebates now, Joe, yeah. sorry, my apologies. Yes, they were. Well, Joe, here's the thing. They were one-off, but then VHI had a second one in January of, of this year, which was completely unexpected. Um, so, you know, who's to say there might be a further one? We don't know. We're constantly asking the insurers, is there any chance? And um, Because the, the figures from the Health Insurance Authority seem to, to show that claims costs, whilst they are rising again, that they, they're not rising at the rate that the insurance companies may have budgeted for. So if I was being very optimistic, maybe, but we have no information to indicate that. At the time, it was definitely a once-off. I think VHI just out of the blue gave everybody another small rebate back in January. Um, so we have no information that there will be another one. But, but Joe, one thing I have to say about health insurance, there's things happening in this market that I, I would have said previously could never have happened. So we're watching this day by day to see how this unfolds. But the good thing, if I if I can say this, and people who don't have health insurance probably won't like this, but thankfully we do have a private system because the public system and the private system in this country have always operated side by side. There's an interdependency there. And the private system stepped in when the public system, I suppose, had to focus on COVID. And a lot of people got their public treatment in the private system. Now, obviously, that has now been suspended. But I would say to anybody who's looking at their bill and is thinking we cannot afford this, there's lots of things you can do yeah. before you cancel well, that but policy. But didn't the state take a bath on that now, Dermot? You know, the amount of money we paid initially for access to the private sector was extraordinary. I, I think it, it, it was. And you know, Joe, on reflection, I mean, to be fair to them, nobody knew what was coming. And I think what they wanted to do was they wanted to have a contingency there so that if the public system was overwhelmed, they had capacity and they had beds. So they literally, with very little time, because nobody... Nobody envisaged anything like this happening. So they effectively took over um, most of the private hospitals for three months. Now, thankfully, they didn't need that capacity. And then they reverted to back to the old They did. Um, but you know what they did? They learned from the, if I, I won't call it a mistake, but they learned from that. And what they did then, they then went to each individual hospital. Now, we wouldn't be privy to all of this, but they, they basically did a deal with each hospital where they would have access to a certain amount of capacity if needs be. So... They did learn from the previous arrangements, which maybe wasn't ideal, and they put a more, I suppose, let's just say, commercial 
um, arrangement in place, which seems to have worked. Right. It seems to have worked, and you know, so to be fair, you know, but it wasn't easy for anybody, Joe. Nobody knew yeah, what I mean, to... The point of making this, that it was taxpayers' money. I mean, it was our money in the end. Um, exactly. Dar- Dermot Good of TotalHealthCovered.ie is with us. Now, you mentioned the VHI earlier. What is this about them retiring 17 of their health plans in October? Yes, Joe. So just when, when your listeners thought that, right, we don't have to do anything, we'll just stay on the same plan, they might it may find now they can't do that. So VHI retired eight of their older plans back in April. They're now retiring another 17 of those plans from the 1st of October. Now, when I look at the plans, so basically these plans won't be available in the market anymore, Joe. Now, when I look at those plans, most of those plans are plans we wouldn't recommend because they are older plans excuse me, the rates are just too expensive compared to other plans that VHI have. So I'm not surprised they're doing this because I'm sure they're getting no new membership on these plans. But it does mean, so people on the nurses plan, the teachers plan, some of the company plan extra schemes, they have a corporate plan and and multiple other ones. Those members, Joe, are going to receive a note from VHI saying your plan is no longer available. To be fair, VHI are going to suggest another equivalent scheme. It'll probably be slightly dearer. Um, And what those people should do they should simply pick up the phone to VHI and say, look, what's the closest equivalent plan to what I had previously um, that you have? And I want you to look at your corporate plans. Now, Joe, this is really important. Um, VHI, like all the insurance companies, have a range of corporate plans. We've discussed these before. People get, get, I suppose, confused by the terminology. It doesn't matter if it's a corporate plan. Anybody can join any plan on the market. doesn't matter what it's called but you have to ask for it specifically. So don't just take the plan that the insurance company is recommending to you. You should phone them up and basically investigate their other schemes and you might get a far better deal. And and indeed shop around, which is where you come in. But Michelle has been in touch with us. She has WhatsApped 086-123-9595 to say, Joe, can't come on to you um, as I'm at work, but we have private health and I'm still on a waiting list as long as the public one for my son to see a consultant privately. I never see a difference, public or private, says Michelle. And Joe, that does happen. Now, and here's what I would say to Michelle, and obviously I'm not a doctor, right, but if that is, there are certain areas, uh, like for example, let's just say to see a neurologist, and there's certain specialties where you can also wait to see somebody privately, and with more people going private, um, because they can't access a lot of services to the public system, we have seen, let's just say, uh, waiting times lengthen or emerge there as well. All I would say to that person is that I would be, if it was me, I'd be going back to my GP, and I'd be saying, I have to wait X amount of time to see that consultant. Is there any other consultant uh, in the country that I can see more quickly? And most GPs, they should know all the consultants and they should be able to check that out for you. So I would be talking to my family doctor if that were the case. But that's not unusual. For example, Joe, people now are going into these private A&E clinics. You know, so you have the new Quick Care Clinic in Limerick, the new Swift Care Clinic with BHI, and these all around the country. People are going into those clinics now because they don't want to wait 24 hours in a public A&E. But a lot of those clinics now, like all the appointments are gone by nine or half nine in the morning because everybody's trying to access them. So we are seeing, let's just say, certain backlogs beginning to present in the private system as well. But in the vast majority of cases, you will get seen to much quickly, much more quickly when you go privately rather than through the public system in the vast majority of cases. Right. The whole point of Slauncher Care was to make the uh, public uh, sector, the public health service better and put a clear line between public and private health care. Clearly, there are very powerful vested interests who are trying to stop that, this happening. Yeah, and you know, 
I looked at Sloan to Care in detail when the paper was first published. And do you know what, Joe? For me, regardless of any aspirations in Sloan to Care, until you basically sort out the current issue of waiting lists, and waiting lists are not a new issue as a result of COVID. A lot of things get blamed on COVID. We had significant waiting lists in our public system before COVID ever happened. So the only way you can move to a single-tier system and they did this in Holland, um, whereby you know everybody moved, let's just say, from the old system and transitioned to the new system. To do that, people have to have faith in the new system. Um, and, for example, right now, they don't have faith in the public system because of those waiting lists. Those waiting lists were probably €600,000. Joe, I don't even know what the exact figures are because I don't think the data is fully up to date. But yeah. there's a figure of close to a million being bandied around now. And depending on what way you look at but, that. But, Dar- on, but Darren, hang on a second. Isn't, isn't it fair to say, because this has come up so much, and listen, we have discussed healthcare, we've discussed the A&E in Limerick so much on this show over uh, well over a decade at this stage, reconfiguration and everything else. And we often get a scenario where one sector gets on with us and points the finger at every other sector, but never tells us what they're going to do in terms of reform. And isn't that a key point here that makes it extremely difficult for politicians to change the system. Yeah, no, and Joe, it is a massive challenge. I suppose the difference with... So I'm not wrong, basically, is what I'm saying. It is definitely one of the factors that you don't hear from the lobby groups too often. Well, I'll put it like this. When when you're trying to deal or sort, let's just say, out our public health care system, you, you have so many vested interests, exactly as you said, from GPs to consultants to nurses to the trade unions, let's just say, to the public private hospitals, um, the med- everything, right? And, and the problem is, how do you basically stop this, turn it around and improve it, and, and at the same time maintain a certain standard of, of health care delivery? And right now, you know, the, one of the advantages of Sloan to Care was it was a cross-party initiative. So, it, the whole idea was to take, I suppose, vested political interests off the board and have cross-party support. And in fairness, they seem to achieve that. But, Joe, can I put it like this? I have seen universal health care. I've seen that paper and the two or three years we spent discussing that and Schlaunter Care. Until you sort out the waiting list. I mean, one of the things in Schlaunter Care was that you would no longer be able to access private services in a public hospital. And there was loads of question marks all around that. What about maternity? What about paediatrics? Because you can't really get them in the private system. And, you know, the point that myself and others were making was that, well, you can't remove that private element until every consumer in this country who is a taxpayer basically can access the public system. And you can't, you can't achieve that until you sort out the 650 or 750,000 people. And so even if we, it would take, when you think about it, it would take 10 years. To, and even if you knock 75,000 a year off that waiting list, which I don't think has ever been done, that would still take 10 years to basically sort that out. So right. we can so, talk about any new program, but until we sort out waiting lists, okay. so, it's not going so, to happen. So basically, your net point is people, if they can afford it, should avail of some private health cover and ultimately, in terms of making it possible for an individual family, that is about regular shopping around. Joe, that is it. And Joe, can I just say one thing here now? And I know we're talking about health insurance. There's a lot of people now who will never be able to afford health insurance. I would suggest, and and they're waiting for consultant appointments, check out those cash plans from HSF Health Plan. These are brilliant plans that are in the market here 60, 70 years, and most people don't even know about them. And they cover all your GP and your consultant fees and your x-rays and physiotherapy and so on. So people who are waiting 12 months, 24 months to see a consultant privately, well, if you had a cash plan, you could 
they would cover the cost of the 250 or 300 euro to see them privately. So those cash plans are worth looking at for people in the first place. But anybody who has health insurance and who's struggling with their cost, and as your family gets older, it just gets dearer. Like, Joe, there's loads of tactics. Like, they can look at splitting the cover. You know, you should look at maybe removing maybe key elements or maybe non-essential elements off the plan. If you're on, Joe, here's some snippets now. If anybody listening is on the same plan for three, four, five years or more, you're overpaying, full stop. If you don't shop around, like, for example, Leia have a deal right now where the second and subsequent child under 18 is free. And there's a deal with Irish Life on a plan called the Nurture Plan where you get your children insured at a, at a discounted rate. There are deals there all the time. There are plans now on the market, let's just say, from 800, 900 euro upwards. So if anybody's paying more than 1,800 euro per adult, they're overpaying. Right. Okay. And if they have everybody in the same plan, Joe, they're overpaying. So the key really is shop around. And if you're not comfortable or confident doing it, get somebody you trust to do it for you. You could save, literally, Joe, you could save thousands, particularly older people, um, and the HIA report, just one last thing, the HIA report, and we're saying this for years, it highlighted the fact that older people are paying at least 34 35% more uh, than others because they're afraid to switch and afraid to move off the old plans. Yeah, 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 we often hear about that as well. All right, listen, always super to talk to you. Dermot Good from totalhealthcover.ie and obviously you can go to Dermot's uh, website to learn much more about this. We always appreciate your input. Thank you. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.